0: What I've learned in the management system is that this is a very easy way to really organize the business, to measure the business, and then to align incentives so that the whole team is focused on those most critical metrics In this
1: episode of Investors and Operators, I am sitting down with Jeannie Hecht. She is, has over 25 years of experience across life sciences, pharma, healthcare, healthcare IT. I asked her how many boards she's been on, and I think it's 16. So why should you listen to this episode? Well, we're going to talk not only about life science and healthcare, but also management and she has observed all sizes and shapes of companies. Uh, We know each other through one of 51 Labs clients, QHP Capital, which invests in life sciences company that are at a transformation. And we met Jeannie actually at one of the management system installs. And I knew that we had to have her as a guest on here because she has a wealth of information. So Jeannie, I would love to start with, how do you describe what you do?
0: It's, well, I, I look at myself as on a day-to-day basis that I am a, a friend to my colleagues. I am a friend to my customers. And in being a good friend, I want to help them solve really important and meaty challenges and problems that they're facing either right now in the minute or where they will be in a month or in a week or in a day or in a year. I describe myself in that way. I think I would also say that I describe myself as a strategist and as a builder. And those are things that I uh, greatly enjoy shepherding and building a flock as we move along through the journey.
1: So let's dive into boards. Let's break down how many boards have you been on just to kind of give a lay of the land so people have the context of the breadth of your experience. And then I wanna talk about going to what is the difference between you now as a board member versus when you're on your first couple of boards?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So I've technically been on 17. So two academic, two industry advisory, two nonprofit, I had to write this down, two publicly traded, three venture capital backed and five private equity backed and a family owned board. And that's been over the span of roughly seven years. I've been doing different types of board work, started out in nonprofit board, moved from nonprofit boards into a publicly traded board, then was on a family owned board, then was on another publicly traded, and then went into VC and private equity backed um, businesses. I learned a lot along the way, and I was having this conversation with somebody, or actually earlier today, that when I think about how I got on boards and I first learned about being on boards, I watched, I was like a sponge, right? And I soaked up how the kinds of questions people focused on, I um, paid attention to how the chairman ran boards. Now I'm a chairwoman. And so that helped me a lot is to watch how different chairmen ran and conducted and operated the boards. What I didn't know then, which I've learned over the time, and I've ha- learned this by having conversations with other board members, other VCs, private equity, was you know really what's the role of somebody on a board? And the most important thing, and the probably the, the biggest mistake that myself and others make early on in boards, is you actually try to do management's job, and that's not your job. So when you think about what a board is supposed to do, A board for me is, and I I wrote this down so that I would be able to articulate it and not fumble. First of all, when you think about it is shareholders own the company, directors, board members oversee the business, and management runs the business. And so when you think about then, what does that mean from actually a board member's responsibility narrowed down, hire and fire the CEO and uh, support the CEO and the management team? review, edit, approve an annual operating budget and plan, review, edit, and approve a long-term plan. And then as a board member, I find it really important that I'm bringing to the boards that I sit on my network, my experience, the lessons that I've learned, suggestions for how to tackle certain challenges, people that they could connect to that could help them address or solve or iterate or even just dialogue around a particular problem or challenge and that's what i see myself as probably early on i got really involved too much in how sausage is made and now it's more about how do i actually help them be really good chefs and cooks in the kitchen
1: and is that because you come from an operating background so you want to to get into the kitchen. You're like, listen, I know how to do this. I know how to fix this. Just do X, Y, and Z, please go execute. And what you're saying is, no, take a step back. You gotta tell them, hey, here's here's the bigger picture. And then you do it, or here's how I might approach it. Like how do you, especially the companies like that you've probably been involved with that are at that inflection point that might not have the execution depth Yep. Uh, The breadth uh, on the team, like how do you know when to not
0: get involved? So it's a, it's, it's a balancing act and it still is not perfect every day and with every board engagement. When I think about what I instead try to do is I try to have a really good conversation with the CEO and or his or her designee. So if they want me to help the chief commercial officer, if they want me to help the head of product, or if they want me to help the chief revenue officer or the chief operating officer, I work with them to understand from a CEO perspective, what's the issue from the lens of the CEO and you know what's the desired objectives and where do we want the outcome to land? And then I, do my best to work with the executive management team on where i have experience So a lot of times people come to me and ask me questions about account management strategies They talk to me a lot about pricing pricing strategies deal negotiations they talk to me about how do i get into china how do i get into other countries because i have experience in and bringing companies into other countries so then I tell them about, okay, well, this is what t- why it took me forever to get a bank account, for example, in the UK, or this is why it took me forever to do this in China. And, and then I say, and what I learned along the way is you need to talk to this person and here's their name and contact details, or you need to make sure that you've done X, Y, and Z. Do you have that? What's your approach? How are you handling it? So it's much more of a dialogue and sharing of best practices and sharing of um individuals in my network as opposed to saying, well, give me that document, let me write it out and let me send it back to you.
1: Yep. So maybe take take this from a different perspective from the management, particularly the CEO's perspective, uh, broadly, how can they get the most out of their boards? And in the in the board meeting, what a great, what are the best
0: board meetings look like so the CEOs know how to run that? Yeah. So I'll start first with the last question. So the best board meetings for me are those that do not look like a business review, right? So the, the, the board, many of the people around the board spend, I don't know, 30 hours, 40 hours looking into the business a year, right? And so as a result, if you treat them like they're your chief operating officer or that they're your, you know, head of project management or they're your head of, head of product or your head of customer success, they're going to look at you and they're going to probably recommend, make recommendations or send you down rabbit holes that are completely unnecessary. So when I think about what people should be taking to a board, it's patterns, insights, and actions, right? This is the patterns I'm seeing in the business or the industry. These are the insights that I've gleaned from it. And these are the actions. And within the actions, it could be, these are the actions I want to take. What do you think? These are the actions that I'm taking. Or, hey, I don't know what actions to take. What would you recommend? And be in having that level of a discussion as opposed to, giving me 50 slides with all sorts of data about how your company is performing at the most minute level, at which case I'm gonna spend the time before the board meeting and at the board meeting trying to understand the data more versus trying to help you actually solve the problems and take action on those problems. Now, clearly a board has a fiduciary responsibility. So we have to look at you know, the P&L statement balance sheet, statement cash flows, you name it. And we most of us can do it quite quickly and we zero in on the areas that we're interested in having conversations around. But the other components of the business should come to us with a more strategic lens. And they should be thinking about, as I said, patterns, insights, and actions. Where you can get the most out of a board member is having them help you address a near-term challenge or a longer-term challenge. Having them use their net, their network to support you. That doesn't mean them cold calling. That means literally using their network to support you, either again, solving an internal challenge or an external challenge mm-hmm. and also helping you to understand more because many of them are on more than one board with what they're seeing at other companies, connecting perhaps to other CEOs that they're engaged with and the different trends that they're seeing across the industry. So if you're feeling something, then you can ask your board, is this something any of you guys are seeing elsewhere so that you can either have validation or you can say, no, wait, no one else is seeing it. It must be an execution problem on my team and my company. What do I need to do then to go fix it?
1: So let's go to this, some of these big strategic questions that maybe operators lose sight of yeah. because we are so involved in the day-to-day and maybe I'm just projecting the size of our company. <laughs> you know, around a million dollars, we have six people and we're a digital marketing firm. But, yeah. you know, maybe people who have 5 million of EBITDA, 10 million of EBITDA, you know, closer to the range that QHP is involved in investing behind, do they face the same types of problems as CEOs, as management, where these operators are also getting lost in the day-to-day, and they forget or don't have time to ask these truly big strategic questions because they're so focused on the day-to-day. So the question is, what are these big strategic questions that operators might lose sight of, but will help them to see the bigger picture?
0: I actually think that it doesn't make a difference the size of your company. I think that there are strategic questions and perhaps we always want to make strategic questions more sexy than they actually are. And for us, for when I think about any company that I'm on, most of the questions and the discussion should focus on what do the customers need? Where's the market going? And am I well positioned to continue to gain market share? And that for me right there is a very strategic question that every CEO needs to be evaluating. Now, some CEOs look too internally, right? They spend too much time Focusing on process improvement and enhancements, and you know, working kind of like how the sausage is made, and not enough looking out and saying who's actually going to buy this? Do they actually like this now? Are their tastes changing? Are their needs changing? And what are the pressures that they're feeling? That's going to that's going to then have a trickle down effect to potentially what you are offering and how your offering might need to evolve. So having that lens, I think it doesn't make a difference if you're one million to hundred million in EBITDA right? It's that is an important question that we all need to spend time thinking about. That's where you can leverage the board, right? Because many of the non-executive directors, even the shareholders, the shareholders are, if they're representing VC or private equity, they're going to have been touching a lot of different businesses. And they all have a a lens for through their own analysts and market research that they do on what's happening in the industry. And then from the non-executive perspective, You can have a number of people there who sit across the industry in different functions that are looking at it from a different lens. So as much as you can get that information, those insights into your, you as the CEO and or your management team, I think the better, the better you'll be. I also think that the other kind of strategic thing that folks are often Missing or have been missing and maybe we're doing a better job of it now is looking at the lens of our talent and workforce and you know we've all aged and so there are a lot of new people coming into the workforce and what are their expectations, how do we keep them satisfied, what motivates me is not something that's going to motivate others who are just entering the workforce or people who might be 10 years into their career and dealing with a young family or a new family or other you know, personal challenges. And so the board has great ideas and can help to support the CEO, the CHRO, the other members of the executive leadership team in the C-suite and understanding what other companies are doing to address those challenges, what they've seen as successful, what's kind of norm as it relates to expectations, and or again, leveraging their network to bring in so that the you know head of HR could talk to other heads of HRs. So I think there's a way for you to really leverage your board members to help you solve both strategic kind of customer based questions, but also perhaps internal questions.
1: What are some of the painful mistakes that you've done but later down the road you realize I'm actually a much better operator I'm a much better board member because that happened
0: so a couple things I didn't follow my gut with hiring decisions and so I hired folks because I thought that they would become the right person for their role as opposed to hiring the right person for their role And so now I have what I call a a pretty good gut as it relates to that. The other one is, is keeping people, you know, right person, wrong role and keeping them in the wrong role for too long. I think you have to move fast because that provides them grace as well as it also helps the organization because everyone can see it. The other challenge was it took a while to learn the art of delegation and the whole trust, but verify. And I think many times you can easily just do, and I'm really hands-on and I like to be really hands-on. So I'm a doer at heart. And um, and a lot of times I'm like, oh, it's just so quick for me to do it. Let me just do it. I'll just get it done, right? But then what I realized when I'm doing that thing, I can't focus on this thing and so i need to empower and enable my teams to be able to get that thing done so i can focus over here and then probably the last thing is really not asking the whys behind things so just kind of taking a superficial answer as the answer So not going and, you know, as you know, through QHP and our management system, we spend a lot of time doing the five whys, right? And that really helps us to understand more of the root cause. Otherwise we could be solving for a problem when really the problem is something different that's gonna move the needle a little bit more by asking those five whys. What has the
1: management system kind of done for you as a board member and now as running one of the portfolio companies
0: yeah i learned a long time ago that you get what you organize you get what you measure and you get what you incentivize the management system actually puts that all into action right we start with the functional construct of the business we then get into the roles and responsibilities accountabilities, dependencies, and decision rights for each of the functions and then the roles underneath. And then we get to the 10 most important metrics at, you know, doesn't have to be 10, could be one, but it can't be 11, right? Those critical metrics that help to drive the business to support towards true north of, you know, revenue, EBITDA on bookings. And early on in my career, I knew all of that. And, but I didn't, really understand how it all connected, perhaps because I was always in a business where in the earlier stage of my career where it was already set up and I walked into something and I, and it was too bureaucratic to make the changes. So when you tried to actually go in and make changes really hard because you were trying to move a 30,000 plus person organization and that wasn't possible or even 500 person organization, and that's not necessarily possible, or it's possible, but it just takes a lot more work. What I've learned in the management system is that this is a very easy way to really organize the business, to measure the business, and then to align incentives so that the whole team is focused on those most critical metrics that really drive the performance of business. I also would say that for me, the management system provides alignment at all levels within the organization. Now it is a process. You don't just flip the switch and the management system is is working and working amazingly well. It takes a lot of hard work and it actually requires you to change how you run meetings. It requires you to change how you look at hiring talent. And during the interview process, walking people through roles and responsibilities and metric sheets, as opposed to just talking in you know, um, vague areas of responsibility. So there's a lot of things and we're still going through that journey at Lexitas. There's a lot of things that need to evolve. And then once it's done, it's like, it's not about me, it's about we, right? It's about us. It's about what we can do and accomplish together as a team and i know what your job is you know what my job is you know what to expect from me i know what to expect from you and it and it, it gets rid of all of that kind of backroom chatter about bill bill doesn't do his job or i have to do his job because the management system is really clear that if it's not on your roles and responsibilities chart it doesn't sit with you it sits with somebody else so last
1: question is around nonprofits we have a nonprofit called 51 vets we've helped 200-plus veterans get jobs. We have our first real board meeting with advisory board, a.k.a. donors, a.k.a. Yeah. Just Help Us. Um, we have 300 members. Our first true meeting is in Boston here in a couple weeks. And how we've blocked off 2 to 6 p.m. at our law firm, Kirkland Ellis' office. Our advisory board members like, just put me in the room. Like, I'm here all day for you. I'm here. We got my time. How can we make the most of that time with them? These are private equity firms who are helping transitioning Navy SEALs and vets get jobs into finance. How do I make the most use of that time?
0: I think you i I would understand from each one of those folks, if if at all possible, what their strengths are. So maybe some of them are people builders. Maybe some of them are finance find you know understand finances better. Maybe some of them are great interviewers. Maybe some of them understand the industry and are really good mentors and coaches. And then I would figure out how do you connect those people with your vets that you're trying to have place jobs. I'd also wanna leverage from them um, insights as to what are, pe- what are pe- hiring managers expecting within the firms that they represent so that then you can actually help your vets understand what people are expecting of them during an interview process during an onboarding process and when they're in company because it's going to look and feel different than the military and so the more that you can use these folks to help inform you so you can inform your vets the better your vets will have in being leading successful post military careers
1: awesome and if you had a walkout song or a theme song To describe you and your life, what would that be? Katy Perry's Firework. That is a great place to end this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate it.